0: everybody and welcome back to Trumble, the horror movie podcast i'm your host curtis uh with me as always is steven taylor how are you two doing
1: pretty good mm-hmm.
2: glad to be back
0: yeah
1: glad to have you back
2: <laughs> thank yeah. you yeah,
0: yeah our listeners i you know from a little behind the scenes we record two episodes back to back so that mm-hmm, it comes mm-hmm. out weekly but for us it's every two weeks we record so people were like why is steve not on two episodes it's like oh well he skipped one recording session, which is two yeah. episodes. So.
1: Oh, uh, you yeah. didn't hear? Steve disappeared.
2: Yeah. 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 So, you know what I, happened yeah.
0: is, is Steve, you know, secret agent that he is, possessed the body of somebody that could get close to a target he needed to kill, but then he got stuck in the target in the body. Yeah. It, and, uh, that's a really <laughs> obscure <laughs> That's <laughs> The
2: the the reality is that basket case and tourist chapters took me right the fuck out. I was fucking done uh,
1: yeah Steve was like no sorry I can't do it yeah. anymore and it's funny it.
2: I think because I, 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 I think I added those two to the list and it really works out weirdly sometimes Is when I add like really weird ones to the list that, that, that get picked up by the three of us mm-hmm. I sometimes miss <laughs> those episodes and it's like <laughs> it's not on purpose 100% yeah well, I know it's so.
0: the basket case it was kind of interesting because we were watching it and like you know well hindsight's funny but you know the reveal of belial what belial looks like and all this and the movie spends forever like building up anticipation for belial and then finally when you see him like i'm sure when this movie came out it was shocking but now it's just yeah. like get to the part where like the the deformed like small person thing just starts attacking people like that's all i want
2: and, and they they tried to bruce the shark it yeah you know what I mean? They're like, oh, it'll work for Spielberg, so it'll work for us. And, uh, you know, uh, spoiler, it doesn't work out for them. <laughs> it did no. not work out for them. The reveal is just, like, by by 2020 standards, the reveal is not great.
0: No. <laughs> yeah. Although we we, just talk, we even talked about the sequel a little bit, which is, uh, or the sequels, which are really weird. Uh, it's like, that's when you get into, like, Belial and his brother join this, like, traveling band of freaks and just they the, bad together and it just gets really weird in the sequel the
2: greatest the greatest thing is if you if you gif search uh basket case three there's a there's a shot of Bilal strangling like a prof and the, the prof's eyes just bug right out of his head like they pop out <laughs> it's the funniest fucking gif <laughs> i've ever seen
0: which is also funny, because I think we talked about, too, like, there really isn't a setup for a sequel. Like, by the end of it, the brothers really hate each other. They're, like, you know, it's just like, man, there's there's, there's not a good reason to set up a sequel, but...
2: No. Alas. No.
0: We're not here we got to talk about three that. or
2: four yeah. of them.
0: Yeah, I think three is where they maxed out, which really, even that was a stretch. <laughs> uh, like, even probably two was a stretch, let's be real. But... Uh, no, it was good to tell you. know, we got like some feedback of people being like, "I've never heard of this movie. I watched it." And it here's the thing: I think the basket case works as like a good midnight movie. Like you put mm-hmm. this on when it's like close to you know late at night. Maybe you put the kids to bed. Uh, you know, like that's the kind of movie that this operates as. It's sort of like mm-hmm. little scuzzy, a little gross and disgusting. Um, yeah, but
1: mm-hmm. uh, also and and. The the final scene of Tourist Trap for me made watching the entire movie worth it. Oh, where she's yeah. driving away with her mannequin friends, best <laughs> best shot I've seen in one of, in either of those movies. <laughs> I think that was my favorite part. <laughs> I
0: just wanted an extended version of that, where like she's taking them all out for dinner and like some like happy music's playing. Yeah, they're just like high fiving and just, <laughs> just yeah,
2: super like
1: obviously obviously that's their life afterwards, right? So. Yeah.
2: 100%. And why did I have the feeling that Ari Aster liked that final scene? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> like I really feel like I'm like, hmm, I feel like that formulated some of his, his horror opinion.
0: Yeah, for sure. You know Ari Aster when he's making these movies. He's like, guys, uh, reference tourist trap and scene. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh but lot <laughs> we're not talking about cheesy 80s movies. We're talking about I this cheesy is going to be a is, movies. You know, we normally are in agreement on things and mm. I think it's going it's always slightly more interesting when we don't agree cuz it's like we we don't always have to agree. You know, this is a we this is not uh we don't live in Trump's America. It's okay to disagree. <laughs> uh I, I well, I
1: have a feeling Steve and I might agree for this one.
0: Yeah. I, I I'm pretty sure I, I do not, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> digging up the Morrow. Uh, this is a redux. We've already covered this movie, but that was with the older crew. So you know, I think Steve uh, mentioned doing this one, and I was like, you know what? Let's revisit this movie. Let's see if I still don't like it. Huh. Uh, and well, uh,
1: I I'm sorry I'm sorry uh, you you had maybe a bad time, but I'm very glad that we're doing this because I had never seen this movie before, okay. and I feel like. Yeah, I have some I have some good opinions on it at least. <laughs> okay.
2: And and look, I I just, you know, if I can bring an Adam Green movie to the podcast, I will. You know, it's just like I know people uh, you know, people are on the fence with him, but I just I think there's something uh that is so rooted in in uh traditional horror and and current horror. Uh Adam Green is a name always has to come up.
1: Yeah. Hmm. See, I hadn't actually seen and I still looking through his like filmography, I don't think I actually have seen any one of his You need to see films. Hatchet.
2: You need to see Hatchet. Like uh, it's yeah. it's a need. It's a need. So
1: it was it was interesting going into this movie, having not been a fan of Adam Green, because it's very obvious that this film has a lot of nods to his fans yes. and is kind of made as like a I love my fans, here you go, this is gonna be cool. fun. I- so
2: and I would even go like because, yeah, he does love his fans, he does love the genre, he he's romanticized the genre for sure. And you see a lot of homages, a lot of uh nods in all of his work. Uh, I would even say like, it's on shutter now, I think. Uh, Holliston, all mm-hmm. seasons of Holliston, yeah. Uh, I, it's him and Joe Lynch who they also do a podcast together called The Movie Crypt. Um, and yeah, it's just two guys that love the genre. They love everything bad about it. They love everything good about it. They love everything mailing about it. They just, Mm -hmm. they love it and they love filmmaking. And, uh, at the end of the day, you know, all of these moves are a little bit self-serving, I think to Adam Green, just the fact that he's just like, you know what? Fuck it. I want to do that. Fuck mm-hmm. it, I want to do this, and I want to dabble in this. And that's, I mean, digging mo- up the marrow is found footage, it's a lot of puppet work and stuff like that, and it's just mm-hmm. stuff that he really wanted to dig around with.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's and it's interesting, too, because I, I didn't look up anything before this movie before going into it, which I think was the best way to do it. I didn't even realize uh, that Alex Pardee was involved in this. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. growing up, The Used was this should come as a shock to nobody. The Used was probably my favorite band in middle school and high school. And a lot of their album artwork was done by Alex Pardee. And so mm-hmm. going into this, like seeing... I didn't even know until... Uh, well, I think they had like an interview with him at the beginning of the film, but like all of the artwork too, I, I'm not sure if he was the one who actually did it, but it, the artwork in this movie of the monsters is so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and the monsters themselves are based off of Alex Pardee's artwork too, which can take you out of it a little bit because it, it is a, a he has a very distinct style so when you see some of the monsters you're kind of like oh that's definitely alex party <laughs> and then you kind of connect that and you're it, it does take you out of it uh, just a teensy bit um but other than that i i so like maybe that's part of where i have some some nice warm fuzzy feelings for this movie too is because there is a lot of it that i recognize from creators that i've kind of mm-hmm. grown up with i guess um, even though I haven't seen any other uh, of Green's Adam Green's movies, so.
2: I also have to bring up the. I mean, if we're we're talking uh, connections to music and everything, this is also uh, the last appearance of Dave Brocky who was mm. owner of Arungas mm-hmm. uh, and Guar, and who was a very close friend of Adam Green's. Uh, that they always used to go to the Guarbecue and everything, and he was a main piece of Halston as well. Uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, this one has extra connections that, uh, definitely, uh, hit me in the heart. And, uh, I mean, there's also some great stuff in here, the, like, um, some convention floor stuff that just, I'll always remember, especially the stuff with Tom Holland and Mick Garris. That shit makes me laugh still. <laughs> oh, so fucking hard. Was so
1: good. It's so it was, funny. it was brutal, too, because if, like buying into this idea that he is a director that now <laughs> believes in these monsters and these other big directors are just shitting on him basically for working with this kook is just oh it's brutal you like you watch the light leave his eyes a little bit when he asked that <laughs> if he's asked if he's stupid oh it was such a good scene
2: <laughs> it's it's i think that might be my favorite scene, like my favorite dialogue scene of the movie yeah, that convention floor stuff—it's so <laughs> fucking great. And I feel Mick Garris and Tom Holland—they fucking nail it. Like it's so quick. But yeah, like you said, the nuance there is so brilliant. Yeah,
0: I mean, I—I you know, <laughs> I, I will say this: like, I, I there are like, there's a lot of like sort of in jokes and references that I sort of like. Uh, especially because, like, there's so many cameos in this of, like, people just showing up as themselves. I mean, like, most notably, it's, like, Kane Hodder and Mick mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and all that. Mm-hmm. So you have, like, a lot of these sort of horror namestays who clearly Adam Green's got an extensive contact list because these people were uh, able to show up. Although I wonder, inside joke, you know, how much Kane Hodder was paid to show up in the movie.
2: Uh,
1: <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Uh, but, uh... <laughs>
0: I, I, I think for me the biggest issue of the movie is I never liked the characters. <laughs> They're the most unlikable pricks I've ever like it's so I and I think it's by design, but that I That is a
2: hundred percent, yeah. I would feel that.
0: I, I was one I'm I'm always waiting for that moment where I go this is why these characters are unlikable like that moment where you start to realizing like, this is what that grand design was working towards and I don't think mm-hmm. there's that moment like I don't mm-hmm. think there's ever a moment where you're like oh you know uh, Adam and his cameramen are are douchebags because this reason like nothing ever is made of it and i think that's kind of what annoys me is it's just like okay it's just it's never really utilized in a way where i'm like okay this is this is why and yeah as much as the third act has some really cool moments with like the monsters growing around and stuff it's also a bit of a mess like i i found like cinematography wise i was sort of like oh losing track of things and just it, it, it kind of gets to be a bit of a hodgepodge and i i think there's some cool moments but i don't think it's a structure but mm-hmm. i will say this yeah it, it you know aside from those things i i largely don't think this movie i i'm a little bit more warmer on it in fact like mm-hmm. my score increased <laughs> a little bit over the last time but uh yeah i, I think adam green he's he's definitely a director where he kind of has his own style to his movies mm-hmm. and like if you like digging mm-hmm. up the you'll like his other movies for sure hundred yeah. percent uh and likewise if you didn't like it i'm gonna just tell you right now you probably will not like his other movies too because mm-hmm. he just said yeah. he has a style that works for him very similar to ari aster we were talking but bringing him up earlier but like very much a style that works for him and I'm not going to say that that's a bad thing because it is, it's good that, like, directors have their own sort of vision for how they make their movies. But definitely I'm going to say, yeah, if you didn't like this movie, you're probably not going to overly like his other movies like Hatchet yeah. and Frozen.
2: Not the- I, I think Frozen's broader than anything he's ever made, though.
0: Yeah, I think you might enjoy Frozen a little. Like, I would say I probably enjoy Frozen the most out of any of his movies.
2: Okay, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I will say your your point about things not maybe being tied up, I totally understand that. There were a lot of plot points, or maybe not even plot points, but just things brought up that I thought would get explained or expanded on, mm-hmm. like about his son, if that was really his son, you know, about yeah. if if, if he, it was his biological son, then he must have had a wife, or like him being a police officer was never resolved. There are a lot of questions, I think, that this movie leaves you with that... Mm-hmm. I personally like it's niggling at me I just want to know all of these things and they're never explained and that yeah. is definitely in my opinion um one of the the downsides of this movie is that yeah. as much as it, as it is for the fans for for a general viewer who wants the questions answered it kind mm-hmm. of never goes there and you're just left going okay well I, I love all this stuff and I love how it's kind of put together and the funny bits and the the cameos and all of this good stuff but where what was kind of the the point of the Mm -hmm. movie then like there's there's so much plot that i feel like they never resolved and i still just have so many questions
2: yeah i I would agree with that too
0: yeah we'll get to this with the email but there was a proposed sequel that never happened and yeah i I, I think Maybe that could have been answered, but, yeah, definitely a movie should still be able to stand on it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like,
1: I think I got to the... I was taking notes throughout this movie, and I got to the end of my notes, and the movie was over, and my last note is, wait, so they never actually dug up the marrow? The name of the movie, Digging Up the Marrow? And they, they didn't do it. It's not there. It's still there. It's still underground. Like, yeah. yep. go back and dig it up!
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, resolutions definitely an issue with this movie and it's where i start to pull away from from my love of it because i I definitely do love it because i mean at the end of the day it's adam green inserting himself as a human being like a heightened egotistical version of himself into nightbreed yeah (laughs) there's just something this is uh, as an old school horror fan that is just so endearing about that and we all want to insert ourselves in a way into our favorite shit and adam green has the capacity to do it so
1: Mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah no i'm i'm not ripping him for that i think i think it's very obvious that he does truly enjoy and love uh the things that he makes and the the work that he puts into it and i think that comes across as uh you know it gives these movies like a soul a little Mm -hmm. bit that some movies definitely don't have And that wins me over a lot of the time, too, is when I feel like something has had love put into it. Uh, That that, that gives me... There's probably been a couple movies that I've given an extra star, or an extra point on this podcast, simply because I felt like the creator actually cared about it, which Mm -hmm. a lot of movies don't have anymore.
0: Yeah, and I... Yeah, it's. Um, I'm gonna have to be forced to like Adam Green one way or another because he's doing <laughs> he's doing commentaries on the new Shout Factory Friday the Thirteenth collection. So,
2: and he's so in depth about it. Like he's yeah. so good with his commentaries. Like even on his own films or, or watch-alongs that he's done for the. Uh for the uh, 48 hour uh, marathon stuff that he's been doing for charities and stuff. Like the dude fucking knows what he's talking about in and out. So uh, I I mean uh, like, 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 or or dislike his moves, The man is a horror historian and that can never be taken away from him.
0: Yeah. So I, I uh, I'm, I'm actually, you know, that comes out in like a couple weeks or so. Mm-hmm, maybe. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious, like, what his uh, commentaries will be like. But I do agree with you that he, you know, when he's talking about movies, uh, he he really does get in depth. And I'm really curious how uh, those commentaries are going to go. So I I can't wait.
2: I I mean, because Movie Crypt uh, had like they did an episode with with Buechler. Uh It was Buechler and and Kane Hodder. Uh, on that episode and and uh i mean uh Buechler did all the gore effects for hatchet and yeah. that's why they look so fucking pristine yeah like man. like uh, uh kurt will get this the can opener scene
0: yeah
2: it's one of the greatest one of the greatest practical in camera shots in horror that i've seen in the last 20 years i like, am it's so so, so fucking cool and oh that- my god okay, here go <laughs> Like, that's, that scene, you will stand up and yell. Like, it is so good. and It is so effective.
1: Say- Calling it the can opener scene is yeah. just like, oh, I have you to know, see what this is. I,
2: you know exactly what I... You know, as soon as it happens, you'll be like, that was it.
1: <laughs>
0: I will say this, too. Yeah, like, the like the Hatchet movies is probably the closest we've gotten to, like, a Friday the 13th Nightmare mm-hmm. on Elm Street yeah, style right. Horror franchise slasher villain in like modern times, so
2: absolutely, you
0: know, I, I gotta give a credit for that. I mean, uh, probably the closest other one would be like the Saw franchise, but I would probably say the Hatchet franchise is slightly more even in terms of quality. But
1: yes, um, yeah, I,
2: I would agree with that too.
0: Also, Kane Hodder plays uh, the villain Victor Crowley, yep. so
2: yeah, yeah, and uh, the I, I would like, I almost because I they don't have the special features, I would. I would implore people if you haven't seen Hatchet to pick it up on Blu-ray or DVD and watch the behind-the-scenes afterwards to see Kane Hodder's method because uh, Kane Hodder gets so like into it that they like if he's chasing the kids and they call cut. Kane's still chasing him, and you can hear the girls are like
1: he's still chasing us. Oh my god! <laughs>
2: like, he's still coming at him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's the fucking like as much as what we've said about Kane Hodder on this podcast. That is so fucking cool. <laughs> just I cannot get that out of my head. How cool it is that he is just like really terrifies them on set as well as in the movie.
1: Yeah, I loved. <laughs>
0: if, if Kane Hodder ever want invited me to be on his podcast, I would do it for free.
2: Hey, <laughs> same buddy. Same I don't know if has, uh, I
0: guess it probably doesn't.
1: <laughs> I, I did love his scene in this movie though. I thought it was great having him come in and just be like, what's what's what is this? What are you showing me? And then just kind of being the, the clueless guy who just doesn't quite get it that they're trying to explain, no, this is real footage. We caught this footage for real. Yeah. And just the idea of of a movie director who's like Speciality is horror movies with monsters trying to convince other directors that the foot he has in front of them is totally not faked. Like I, I like that whole idea as a concept too. Yeah.
2: And you know what? The, you know what's really crazy because we talk about Adam Green being this horror aficionado and 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 understanding old school horror. This is his tamest movie he's made, in my opinion. I, I think this is his most scaled back. It there's like there's like. Like, I mean, the, the, the scares are there, but everything else is very dialed back.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, I think that's fascinating, for, especially for a movie that he put himself in.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Well, I guess we should probably get to uh, first time we watched this. I think we kind of covered why we chose it, but first time we mm-hmm. watched it. When was the first time uh, you two watched this movie?
2: Uh
1: i just watched it for the podcast i had not seen it before and hadn't really even heard like i've i've heard of hatchet before as a movie but i didn't connect it to adam green and i didn't really even know very much about adam green before going into this so nice. this was all a new experience for me fun
2: uh i watched this one uh because i, I don't know if it had been screened in in, in canada or in Vancouver. Uh, but I saw this one when it came out uh, on DVD because I was like Adam Green, I got it. Yeah, it's just it's just like uh, it's just part of my my dedication to filmmakers that I really enjoy. Nice. Uh,
0: I watched it for the first time we covered it on Tremble, and that was that was it. I had never seen it before, so it was uh, interesting. So this would be my second time watching it. So, uh, cool. Um, got a couple emails here jeff says apparently a sequel was planned with it taking place entirely in the morrow but adam green says it won't happen as too many people pirated the movie that's, that's
1: sad.
2: sad that's sad.
1: come on
2: that makes me sad come on. I, I, would, I would love to see more i i, I mean i know you guys I, I know like kurt is like on the fence about wanting to watch any more in this universe but i'm I would like to see where they were going to go, where the extra piece of story was, even if they did it as like an, a movie crypt, like a like a live read or something like that. Um, you know, I'd be yes, interested yes. to see where it goes.
1: I have so many questions. I have yeah. so many questions. I think he's, like, I might be too- the only person who would be like super into a like going into all of that stuff and like the lore behind the monsters. But like, I want to know all of it. <laughs>
0: I think you also mentioned it could be a comic too, which would be interesting.
2: I'd see I'd be down with that too. Sell to Image or Talk Cow or, or one of those companies. Yeah. Why especially, not? Yeah.
0: Especially if you have that artist coming back to do some of the art, that'd be pretty amazing.
2: That'd be great. Yeah, some Alex Party there. There you
0: mm-hmm. go. Um Colin says, "I watched the trailer for this prior to the movie and realized afterwards the trailer spoils the movie and shows the best parts. Is there a movie in recent memory that does this? In your opinion?"
1: Oh, <laughs> wasn't, wasn't the trailer for Black Christmas pretty? The one yeah. that just came out pretty spoilery.
2: Yeah, yeah. I would say that one. Uh, if you're talking Hollywood movies, uh, <laughs> um, remember Terminator Genesis?
0: Oh yeah, that was that was that was pretty spoilery.
2: Like your biggest reveal in the entire movie, because once it happens in the movie, I'm like, okay, well, then what's next? What's the next thing? And there wasn't one. There wasn't (laughs) anything else to uh, of reveal. I would
0: say the oh Oh, hello hello hey lost you for a second. Uh oh, I think I'm back.
1: Okay, you're back for me yet.
0: (laughs) I would say the possessor trailer is pretty spoilery. Yeah because that one definitely kind of gets into like the like a good amount of plot points of that movie maybe not everything but a good amount of it
1: As soon as they started making, like, over two-minute, five-minute trailers, I'm going to be honest, that's the entire movie. that They're putting every plot point in there to try and get you hooked. But in reality, for for me, I feel like these super long trailers, they show me everything that's going to happen. Why do I need to see the movie if you're going to go point by point through everything? I see it more often with, like, maybe it's more often with, like, the rom-coms because you don't really need to... Like, those don't really have spoilers, right? You're watching those because you like romance movies. But... For, for some other movies, it's just like, I want I want the initial hook that's going to tell me the setup of the movie in the beginning, mm-hmm. and maybe one or two scenes that I'm going to anticipate throughout the rest. But I don't need a, a breakdown of everything that's going to happen. Um, and so that's why, like, these days, I just avoid trailers. And I, I think I even read an article, uh, like, from a while ago where Adam Green talks about, you know, if you want to see this movie don't watch the trailer for it and i didn't before going into this and i think that is why maybe another reason why i have a good opinion because i remember too last week when we were talking about uh basket case i think it was mm-hmm. you go i went into that knowing kind of i guess the hook behind that movie of the brother being in the basket and that definitely i had the same feeling as you it's like well, just get to it i'm waiting for it i know what's gonna happen yeah and i feel like that happens so often to me where i go into a movie knowing everything and then it's like, I get to the end and I'm like, oh, okay, I already knew what was going to happen. So it wasn't really the same journey, I guess, going through the movie. That was my long rant about movie trailers. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I have a friend who refuses to watch trailers. Like if uh, we'd go to like a movie or whatever, and when the trailers came on, he would just look down
1: and just uh, not he, pay would...
2: attention to everything. Like he would uh, like consciously avoid them. And I mean, I, do, I, I used to watch every trailer as they a release type thing, but... Now it's just like, like a, a few trailers I'll watch. Like I, wa- like I was waiting for that fucking Dune trailer. So you goddamn right, so I'm gonna watch that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like the Batman, because I'm curious. You know what I mean? And and stuff like that. But yeah, it, it, I get pissed off when when plot points are revealed. Like I really would rather you dangle a red herring than give me, uh, give me something yeah. that is actually going to appear. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I That's why one of my favorite trailer experiences which sounds weird to say uh was for cabin in the woods because Mm -hmm. the trailer for that movie looked like it was going to be just some generic dumb like like jump scare kind of uh zombie horror film and then you get into it and there's this whole underneath lore behind it that just really grabbed me
0: yeah
1: Uh, but i'm almost the same i i love uh watching the trailers in movie theaters i think a little too much to like ignore them because I know that those ones are specifically made to be theatrical for when you're in the theater. Um, But in general, I I can't do, I can't do trailers anymore.
0: No, I think, I think for me, it's like, it's so hard to not get spoiled on things. I've kind of just given up on avoiding spoilers because not like I actively (laughs) seek them out, but it's just like, eh, it's going to happen. I don't, Yeah, I, I just sort of go with it now. Although I do remember seeing the trailer for Shutter Island and that spoiled the shit out of that movie. And,
1: oh shit!
0: Yeah, I remember being a little upset about that because I was just like, "Oh, what's going on with this movie? Oh, Leonardo DiCaprio is insane. Got it. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, don't don't watch the trailer for Shutter Island. Just go watch that movie.
2: Uh, I have a beautiful steel book of that one that Paramount sent me.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, I, th- I think they were supposed to send me that one, but they probably
2: forgot. I fucking hated that movie in theaters and then like when I'm when I like thought about it more I'm like oh wait no it was supposed to fuck with me oh okay never mind
0: yeah oh well, that's an interesting movie but uh all right let's get it onto the awards here favorite line from the
2: movie I'll Taylor take this one first
1: uh oh let me see because I actually wrote down a lot um <laughs> there were a lot of lines just uh that oh uh, William Decker, I w- also want to call him Leland because I can't remember his actor's name but the as soon as I saw him too I was like, oh my God it's Leland from Twin Peaks. he's seen some real monsters I believe him imedi- immediately <laughs> um, <laughs> He had a lot of just good lines that he would mm-hmm. like he would deliver and then have a a, a look afterwards that really made it. Um, I think one of his was probably would have thought I was schizophrenic or something and then he just has this smile that is very unsettling and he just stares at Adam um and then Adam's wife has I want to go on record as saying this is the worst idea you guys have come up with (laughs) that's another good one um and on a scale of one to on a scale of one to ten I'd say it's really soft talking about the lighting uh when they're setting up at the campsite I think most of the ones I wrote down were more uh, comedic lines than anything else
0: yeah Uh... (laughs) um I think that like, there's uh, Adam Green says I would never have done the same gig twice, and then Will Barrett says, "Have you seen Hatchet 2? Uh, that is so good,
2: so good. I love all the in jokes in this one. They're so funny, especially. I mean, Adam Adam's poking fun at himself consistently in this movie
1: Mm
2: -hmm. yeah it is a constant thing and and to further uh Taylor's point about Ray Wise he's playing for the camera beautifully and it just shows how great and how versatile Ray Wise is and that he knows he knows what his position is in the genre Mm -hmm. uh going back to Twin Peaks going back I mean Jeepers Creepers 2 even I mean fuck he's a fucking badass hero in that movie Mm -hmm. uh there's just a, a lot that's been through his career, and he kind of shows it on his shoulders every time he's on screen in this movie. Uh, I really love the Odorous Odysseurongus line. I've been a monster. I'll always will always be a monster, and after I'm dead, I'll be a dead monster. <laughs> yeah, this is great.
1: I love I love the affinity for monsters in this movie. It really it, it almost makes you love monsters as much as Adam Green does. Well, and and
2: yeah, exactly. And the 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 love for that. Is totally, I think, so immediately shown to you in all of his reveals of the monster because uh, of each monster. Because I, I we started off this podcast with talking about, uh, you know, Jaws and, and Basket Case and stuff like that, and, and how how effective each reveals were. Um, but I, I feel like, in my personal opinion, every creature reveal in this one is so fascinating and in its own right. I mean, even down to the little basketball head, uh, which I just think is fucking wonderful (laughs) when you fucking see it. Um, and I I love the little flashes here and there. I love the teases. Like I, it just, those things are very effective to me in this movie.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Uh, let's see here. Best performance.
1: Uh, i have to go with ray wise ray wise
2: yeah, yeah definitely ray wise um yeah. <laughs> oh can i can i one more line is uh when when uh, ray wise goes uh, how bright will one to 10 it's really soft.
1: yeah i like that a lot <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: i would say ray wise as well although adam green i mean if he's intentionally playing a dick then he mm-hmm. does a pretty good job of it so well he's a my way,
2: it's a highway type of like like he's used to being the big man on set, but he doesn't have a set right now, so he's still trying to be that dude, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: I, yeah that's
2: it's very funny. I think it's 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 I think it's such a nod to that director is the general
1: type yeah. thing and
2: like everything goes the way I want it to go or we close set. And I think that's that's the mentality that Adam Green is embodying in this.
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting, because I did an interview with um, Grace Glowicki, who was the star and director of Tito, and she's made an interesting point during the interview that, you know, anything goes wrong with the movie, it's ultimately the director's fault. And that's, like, that's right. That's, yeah. that's interesting, cause, but it's true, though, right? Like, ultimately, it's going to go down to who was in charge, and that person in charge is almost always the director, so. Yeah. So I was like, oh, there's, some, there's some truth to that, so. Yeah, I, I kind of understand that mentality a little bit so it was interesting because yeah he is very strong arming in the movie but same time too it's like you're thinking well yeah he kind of has to be right so
1: well especially to deal with a character like Decker I think I feel like his uh, Adam Green's character in the movie does a really good job of kind of like William Decker seems like a guy who you could just be like alright fine he doesn't like us anymore we're just going to keep going but because or we're just going to leave and not come back but because adam's character really believes in monsters really wants to believe in monsters and get this done it's like he has he has that authority still with decker where he can be like no you lied to us like he just come out and confronts him about it you know he doesn't he doesn't really try and beat around the bush with that kind of stuff he's like no we're getting this stuff we're seeing this through like you can be a crazy guy all you want but like this is what i'm gonna do and it, it's it's kind of nice because it gives it a little bit more of a push as to why he keeps coming back to this instead of just getting out of there when he has other stuff he needs to be doing or mm-hmm. or maybe not a, not a ton of proof that this guy is actually being honest. So yeah, it's interesting
0: for sure. Um, all right, uh, best kill in the movie. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I don't think there was one. Uh, I don't think there
0: was... Yeah, I think I don't. Trying to think about
2: it, I don't think there was one. I don't think there is. Because like I said, this mean, is yeah. this is like tame Adam Green. Yeah. Like he's not he's not going for the gore and the visceral and stuff like that. He's just going for the scares and he's going for the mystery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, largely that he doesn't get to tie up. But I don't know. I really feel like he was going for making another movie.
1: That, yeah. that it has to be right. They wouldn't yeah. have that scene at the end. With Decker making that, yeah, like talking to the camp, like why would you not follow up with more? <laughs> why would you not follow up?
0: Ugh. It seems kind of weird though, because he says, "Oh, it's pirate, pri- or piracy," but like it's, it seems like, like I'm sure a Shutter or other service like that would easily take it up, like easily. Um So it's kind of surprising that yeah, nobody's quite done that yet, because part of me is like. I feel like that would definitely be a thing. So. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and it just kind of sucks because every time I hear someone say they're not going to do it because of piracy, it's like, well, is that does that mean you just want to make money off of it then? Like I know it sucks for creators who have their shit stolen. It's their lively, livelihood mm. and everything. Yeah, like you have to be worried about your bank account for sure. Yeah. But to so like to not create something, like I if there's a comic that comes out or something like that, I think that will I will be totally cool with that too but i just have so many questions that i feel like to just say you're not going to follow up with that stuff because of piracy i don't know i don't know i want more
0: (laughs) yeah no it's um as much as i have issues with the movie i would be intrigued to see what a sequel would do because there's a lot of like movies where the or series where the first movie is not the best i think of like friday the 13th or something like that so I'd be interested to see what a uh, sequel does with this. But. I just
2: want to see Adam go back to the Comic-Con floor and have Tom Holland burn him again.
1: Yeah, that was... <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, oh the, the one where he's like, how's your next movie coming? He's like, which one? He's like, I don't know. I just just what you say. I'm just trying to be nice. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then he's yeah, exactly. like, all right, bye, Adam. See ya.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, so fucking perfect.
0: <laughs> but, um, Yeah. Let's. Uh, what else we got here? We got uh, Dumbest decision in this movie.
2: I uh, Adam and uh, Adam and and, and uh, um, Will being just kind of headlong. Like I, I mean, yeah. I think their their ignorance kind of fuels a lot of it, and then mm-hmm. their disbelief, and then their ambition. Like I, I just yeah. I, I think they're 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 headstrong on on one singular idea at a time, and I think yeah. that probably works. To their detriment but at the same time they're kind of explorers right like they're just they just they want something because they're both at like kind of a crossroads of like we don't really know what we're doing next yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah
0: yeah i think i think that's probably it because like those characters they're written to be kind of douchebags kind of idiots (laughs) so they like if there's if you could like Slop this award on to two people that just do that throughout the entire movie. It's these two. So. Yeah. I mean,
2: yeah. I I actually on the second watch, I I was like, do they kind of hate each other? I
0: think, <laughs> yeah, I feel like they kind of do.
2: <laughs> or is that just the nature of their friendship that they're just like, it's almost like uh, like a uh, even more sarcastic Dante and Randall, like yeah. They, they just, they don't really, they're friends, yes, but they don't really understand what makes each other tick, and it kind of ticks them off a bit.
0: Yeah. No,
1: it's, uh... Also, the amount of times that Adam calls Will's, Will a pussy in this movie, or oh, anyone, oh I think, much. in general.
2: <laughs> oh, it's his go-to, and I, I yeah. think that's definitely rooted in the character, right, uh, <laughs> of everyone's below me. And I'm on this pedestal because I made Hatchet, I made Frozen. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's what's really funny about it too. Because I mean, this movie, above everything, even above being a horror movie, I, this movie's a comedy for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. It definitely sort of toes the line between horror and comedy, which is completely fine. I mean, a lot of uh, a lot of movies will do that. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I have a super dumb decision. Obviously, meeting up with a rando fan is not always a great idea. But I mean, he had film crews and confidence on his side, I guess. And going into the middle of the night into the forest where you you have seen something and now you're going alone without the person who seems to have all of the information about this stuff. Mm. Um, especially considering the end scene where you know someone is filmed locked up in a cage underground Mm -hmm. that's maybe not the best idea um but also i i still have under my dumb decisions not digging it up dig up the marrow please (laughs) please find out i would like to know go out there with shovels do
2: you think that maybe because this film took five years to complete that they got to that like that, that ending piece, and it was like a shit or get off the pot type of thing. Like, we just got to get this fucking film out.
1: Maybe. I mean, I can see that. And it seems like there were a lot of things that just came up. I don't actually know if they came up during production or after production. But, um, like, uh, the death of, I'm forgetting his name now, the Guar band member. And uh, mm-hmm. I think Adam Green also went through a divorce at some point. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it could have been a, a number of things. But, yeah. Um, and, and I don't know, I, I like... Uh, I was reading through just some of the, the background of the movie and, like, how the initial movie idea came about of Alex Pardee saw uh, one of Adam Green's movies and just wrote his own backstory, essentially, like, almost like fan fiction for... Mm-hmm. Um, I, Victor Crowley, I think, is that, that... Yeah. That.
2: Saying that Victor Crowley was real.
1: Yeah. He can prove
2: existence, yeah. Yeah,
1: and, like, that is so cool. And the idea of having a story based on this artist who's been commissioned to draw these these monsters but the person who's commissioning them believes that these are real like i think that is such a cool story idea and and it yeah it does kind of suck that not a lot of it actually gets wrapped up but there is a lot of really interesting cool shit Mm -hmm. that kind of goes along with this movie that i do love yeah.
2: I also have to mention that being a ridiculous monster movie that this one is, it is so fitting that Lloyd Kaufman has a cameo in this.
0: Oh, yeah. hundred And I
2: fucking I cheer every time I fucking love Uncle and, <laughs> Uh Yeah. Anytime that they bring him up, I, he's one of the my favorite interviews that I've had in my my uh, in my existence as, as doing podcasting. Um, and yeah, I'm such a huge mark for uh, Lloyd Kaufman.
0: Nice. Yeah, uh, Lloyd's a Lloyd's, Lloyd's a great. I uh, I've I remember seeing Guardians of the Galaxy at a press screening, and I saw uh, it pop up, and I was like, "All right, this'll, this will this this will be all right. This will be
2: good." Making the most Lloyd face ever. A hundred percent. He's just like a madman, and I, I, I fucking love him. He's goofy, he never takes himself seriously, but at the same time, he's heavily political, he's heavily involved in, in, in the logistics of film, uh, the rights of filmmakers and everything. Yeah, uh, he He's a massively influential influential figure in horror, in independent cinema, uh, and he should be cherished by everybody.
0: Yeah. Go respect Lloyd Kaufman. Hell Yes. Uh, cool. I think it's time to give this a re- uh, score. Why don't you two go first? Because you will clearly be the higher score than. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, I, I mean the the yeah the ending stuff still bothers me to the fact like, more so now that I've talked about it with you guys. So like my I, I'm sitting at a seven for this one. Um, it's and definitely it's not like my favorite Adam Green. Stuff because I would definitely rest with Hatchet and Frozen, uh. But I just I really dig this movie. I I like when 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 it hits at a high, it really does hit at a high for me. Mm. And I uh, I mean like I said, those creature the the creature stuff is just so much fun. I love the physical practicality that Adam Green brings to this movie. And yeah, I mean that Comic Con, I that Comic Con that horror convention floor stuff is. Is some of the best satire uh, of filmmaking. (laughs) It's so fucking great. And I I, I adore it. I really adore that. Just like that sequence alone, if I were to pull something out of it, uh, that and the creature reveals would be at the top of the list. Yeah, for
1: Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, Yeah, I think I'm gonna copy Steve, basically. I'm also at a seven. I, there are some parts of this that I love. I love, I'm a sucker for anything that involves the meta of the real world. And, you know, obviously, this was a, almost like a behind the scenes filmmakings kind of plot as well, right? So it was, I love all of that. And I love anything that makes me laugh um but there the plot of the movie itself and where the movie itself comes into play is what i have the biggest issues with mm. and i think i i i definitely have to take you know marks off for that because it's it's like i love it because it makes me go ah go back and do more but it is like a little frustrating
0: <laughs> well now i just feel stupid because i thought you guys would have a higher score than me but i'm at a, <laughs> I'm at a seven as well
2: I was at a six it improved though it improved though
0: yeah i was at a six last time and it's now at a seven i i still think this movie's got a lot of issues but uh you know it's mm-hmm. it's it's certainly not the worst horror movie i've ever seen we'll just say that much i mean a seven is still pretty respectable um,
1: yeah i mean this is still a movie that i would probably rewatch. i think i would want to go back and watch uh adam green's movies like the ones that i haven't seen and then i might even enjoy this a bit more after that but yeah uh yeah
0: i mean and he's not necessarily a bad director but i do think you you either watch his movies and you'll you'll like them for what they are or you'll just check out so
1: Mm -hmm.
0: cool all right steve where can people find you on the interwebs
2: yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram, at the Dead. My website is stevestepping.ca, and uh, every Thursday uh, on The Shift uh, across Canada, you can catch me at 11 p.m. on Thursdays uh, with, uh, usually it's Shane Hewitt, uh, who is kind of the interim host for the show right now, hopefully he gets the full-time job because uh, we do some really great work together and he gives me a lot of space to do a lot of cool stuff like I'm doing the Vancouver International Film Festival coverage right now on a national show which is not something I usually do Mm -hmm. but uh, he's given me a leeway so I'm pretty much almost doing an hour every Thursday now uh, for the next couple weeks Nice. Uh, um, and yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, I've got some irons in the fire right now that I'm excited to talk about when I finally can talk about it. Um, so yeah, keep an ear out for that and an eye on my Twitter for that.
0: Nice. Uh, Taylor, what about you? Where can people find you and your uh, other podcast there?
1: Um, I don't really post a lot on social media, but you can find me there. Uh, my username is Circianic. And then for my other podcast, uh, it's called Kryptonics. I do it with my one of my really good friends. Uh, her handle on the internet is vlog, uh, P-H-L-O-G, and we just kind of talk about, I don't know, we kind of talk about whatever uh, comes up that we have good conversations about, mostly related to conspiracies or creepy things in pop culture and uh, a lot of stuff like that. Um, and that's pretty much it. Uh, any updates I have about that stuff... Uh, I post on my website, which is sercianek.home.blog. Nice.
2: Let's let's say that's not QAnon conspiracies.
1: No, not that kind <laughs> of conspiracies. <I'm> scared to. <laughs> I don't need any weird listeners like like no. that kind of listeners on that no. podcast, no. you know?
2: <laughs> no, and I and it's funny in the episode I recorded yesterday that I can't even talk about yet. I actually told anybody who's listening that is one of these like Q and honors or or Trump supporters, I and mean, you can fuck off right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, don't
2: you yeah. just go fuck yourself.
0: Don't need you. This is the podcast not for you. Nope. Yeah, don't need you in my life. No, nope. And, and um, I, I, yeah, there's just you know sometimes you just don't need these people showing up no um, yeah. no ever ever no nope. nope. well if you're a flat earther you can join us over at three <laughs> <laughs> kid you'll get so pissed off so quickly yeah like-
2: so mad because everything's <laughs> about round earth like everything's about the yeah. actual earth like that's the first thing you see that's everything you have to click on is round earth
0: yeah you know everyone thinks uh you know this podcast they're gonna talk they're called three angry nerds it's because they're angry because the the earth is flat and we just can't i don't know where i'm going with this but yeah just check that podcast out we have a lot of fun um uh yeah uh i guess that's sort of it for this week and uh we'll we'll tune in next week where we talk about
1: as above so below until next yes. time bye for